Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering here at Tolaris, and this is the Next Level BizTech Podcast. So today, we are still diving into cloud, uh, a lot of great stuff to talk about, and um, what you heard if you tuned into the last session, you heard our Tolaris subject matter expert talking about Tolaris perspective on cloud and DR, and that's really what we're specifically here to talk about today, cloud and DR, with my good friend, Derek Seiler, Channel Solutions Architect from Flexential. Derek, Welcome to the show. Thank you, Josh. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, let's let's jump in. We're going to talk tech. We're going to talk blinky lights, strategy, sales, all that good stuff. But before we do, I want to get into you know we we know your role right now, and we love working with you as the solution uh -huh. architect on the Flexential side. But before Flexential, have you always been in tech? Have you always been in cloud? Have you done anything crazy, completely different? Did this industry suck you in? What was the path for you? Yeah, it was actually rather winding. Um, I started out uh, in, in all industries uh, um, in contract office furniture, right? Which sounds very, very disparate and, and distant from information technology, right? Uh, and as I was uh, building my career, uh, a lot of the premier uh, employers, you know, the ones that are on the Fortune 100 best companies to work for, all that, they're in uh, West Michigan and in Iowa. Yeah, this was well before, I mean, I'm dating myself here. It's going well back 20 years, um, well before virtual office kind of became the new normal. Um, if you were working in marketing and product management and those kind of roles, you were working in a corporate setting. And, and so uh, there was a, a particular company that sort of put the, the full court press in to try to recruit me for a role. They were trying to groom me for you know, kind of a leadership uh, path uh, within the organization. Loved it beautiful uh, uh, corporate office, right? You know, you work a lot with the architecture and design community in that space. And they had uh, HOK, which does a lot of the ballparks and, and that sort of stuff, design the office out. So I was sold. My wife, <laughs> however, uh, is a city girl. Uh, and she likes being, you know, able to go downtown, see shows, see plays, fine dining, that kind of stuff. And uh, I took her out and she could tell how much I wanted to say yes to this job. Uh, I could tell how much she wanted me to say no uh, to this job. She said, you know what, I love you, but if you move me out here into the, this rural environment, it, that's not going to work out so well. So that's when I realized, you know what, maybe it's time for me to recareer into a place that, you know, kind of gives you that flexibility to live where you want and is closer to the you know larger cities and major metros. And and that's actually what got me uh, to recareer about five, six years into my career from contract office furniture, of all things, into information technology. Uh, and then I've been with, uh, you know, in sort of the core IT space ever since. Ah, I love it. We've had some crazy stuff yeah. on this. I think that's my favorite. My favorite thing is to help everybody <laughs> understand that success is not a linear path. Uh, exactly. Very, yeah. very rarely do do we have anybody that comes on that says, "I knew exactly what I wanted to do at 18, and I set out on that path, and I did it." Uh, I'm exactly. I'm right in that boat, right? My my good old four year degree took about nine or ten years, and is mm -hmm. not exactly really related to what I'm doing now. So I love I love hearing a good windy path. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. I've learned that. That's too. absolutely right. Yes. So, so channel solutions architect at Flex Central. Yes. I want to talk about. 
help everybody understand what that means, but let's mm-hmm. also then level set on who is Flex Central, and then we'll get into cloud and DR and stuff. Yeah, sure. Uh, so maybe take the first part uh, uh, of that question. So, you know, my role within the organization as a channel solution architect is to go out to our partner ecosystem. Uh, partners are critical. Uh, they're the lifeblood of our business. Uh, you know, the majority of our new logo sales, uh, well over the majority of our new logo sales come through our partner ecosystem, right? Uh, we're a three-year, five-year contract-based business, right? Customers subscribe uh, to our data center infrastructure services uh, over a longer time span. Our partner ecosystem is in there selling them their data day consumables technology. So those, they're much more present uh, in front of uh, our customers in many instances than, uh, than we are. So we really tap into uh, our partners as uh, you know the ears to the ground to kind of help us see these new uh, IT transformation initiatives come up. Right. So, so my role uh, is to go out to that partner ecosystem and talk about, you know, what makes Flexential unique, what's our superpower, our differentiator, uh, when they see, you know, an ideal customer profile of X, fill in the blank, when they see problem statements of this, you know, give Flexential a call and we can, and, and we can probably, uh, you know, really help you take down a great uh, win around hybrid IT. Uh, and then once you do, once that's registered, then you get the full sort of weight of all the resources uh, that Flexential can, can bring to bear. Uh, in terms of account executives to help, you know, co-lead the sales opportunity as well as a dedicated solution architect to help kind of craft that. Because a lot of our solutions uh, in cloud are, are really unique. You know, we're building custom solutions for customers based upon their pain points. So we're we're going to jump into, uh, I, I think, a sliver of what you guys do from a product set perspective, which is the cloud mm-hmm. and the DR side. But yeah. give us maybe just what would you say the top, Three, four, or, you know, if anybody's tuned into this, what are the other things that you want them to understand that you guys fit into opportunity? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what I think what Flexitra does really well um, is we're uh, an excellent provider of hybrid IT solutions, uh, data center infrastructure services, whether that's co-location, uh, whether that's cloud, whether that's connectivity and network services to connect into multi-cloud. Uh, most customers aren't going to choose one cloud platform. Uh, for all of their workloads, they're going to choose multiple cloud. They may keep some in a dedicated, uh, dedicated infrastructure, they, uh, but they don't want to be in the data center business, right? Uh, effectively, the pain point we're trying to help solve is customers want out of the data center business, and more and more, they're looking to consume their core technology in an OpEx model versus a CapEx model, right? Uh, they, want to, they want to align their IT spend uh, more as a profit center and less as a cost center, right? Uh, and that's what a, a provider like Flexential could do is deliver the right kind of uh, infrastructure they need for whether that's their production workloads, whether that's their DR workloads, which would be a little more the focus of what we talk about, uh, whatever it is, uh, and wherever it is on that maturation lifecycle, we can help uh, deliver that, whether it's the front door of the hyperscale providers for workloads that make sense up there, or if it's a core, you know, kind of back office, you know, Oracle environment. Uh, where that might never go into a hyperscale uh, cloud like AWS, uh, but we can deliver a private cloud solution that might be perfect for that. So uh, is, there's some funny things for me that are going to come full circle today on this of kind of where I started in technology. Uh, so if I go back uh, a number of years, the first ever, if we go back a couple Flexential acquisitions, if we go back to the ViOS days, I think the first server I ever put in a rack and ever provisioned uh, when I when somebody said, hey, you want to be an engineer? Oh, and I raised my hand, and they said, cool, go down to this data center, put the server in a rack, get it online, let me make sure I can get to it. And I went, I, I don't even know half the things that you're saying to me right now, but yes, I'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. It was down at, down at DeLong, uh, putting, a, okay. putting a 1U, putting a 
gosh, what was it like a Gen Five HP DL one twenty or something or one twenty server in Iraq. Uh, so learned mm-hmm. a lot, right, and understood understood that process. Ended up mm-hmm. t- taking my wife with me, and she got to see the process and see how it all works too. So uh, love that. And so leading into what you know that company was, we sold some communication services that were for DR. So I, I certainly I think it all ties together. Of you know, for what I learned about DR was that it's not it's not um, if these things are going to happen, it's when. So I would love to right. hear, you know, from your perspective, Flex Essentials product sets and DR, you've been in the middle of a lot of deals from a DR and backup perspective. One, mm-hmm. talk to me about the products that you have in that area, but more mm-hmm. importantly, maybe tell me what you've learned, uh, you know, as partners are trying to listen to this and go, okay, how do I understand their product set? What can I talk to my customers about? What have you learned in the middle of those and, and what have you seen? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what most customers are coming to for that particular workload is is DRAS or Disaster Recovery as a Service, AAS, right? Uh, and that's where you're incorporating elements of cloud uh, to provision, you know, exactly the right amount of infrastructure, the right amount of stores, the right amount of compute, uh, and then the right time that you need it, right? And, and, and when you're having a DR conversation with a customer, what you're really having is a, uh, you know, a business continuity risk uh, discussion, right? You know, what is the uh, appetite uh, or sensitivity uh, for downtime uh, across their applications and across their IT estate. Uh, and zero isn't the answer or, or the right answer always for all workloads, right? Uh, for some, uh, you may need to, uh, you know, architect that in an active, 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 passive, you know, there's no sensitivity to downtime. This always has to be on, right? And, and that's what DR means uh, for that particular workload. And that can be architected for, right? And Flexential can help with that. Uh, you know, some workloads, you, they may, you know, it won't impact the business if it's down for say two to four hours, right? Uh, now you can begin to you know build some economies of scale into it and say, okay, well, I'm going to give you more on-demand uh, compute resources. Your storage, you're going to be paying by the drink as you grow and, and replicate your storage over to a hardened facility, but your compute resources are going to be a little bit more on-demand, right? So you might have um, uh, you know two to four hours of uh, a potential uh, downtime in that particular event. Uh, others, you know, you can afford a little bit more. So what you're doing there is you're basically basically, uh, you know, tiering your applications, creating uh, uh, like critical tiers uh, for, for apps uh, based upon the impact of the business, right? Uh, so I think it's uh, starts first as a business discussion. Um, and uh, then you, you're able to sort of bring the appropriate kind of technology in uh, based upon, you know, where they see the, critical, the criticality of their applications and what the sensitivity to downtime is uh, for it. That's what I've learned. Uh, and also uh, another kind of key point to sort of wrap that up, uh, what I've learned more often than not, it's, it's not the technology uh, failing that causes a, a failure uh, in, a, in a backup uh, or excuse me, in a, in a DR scenario. It's the people in the process. Right. So our professional services come in on top of our DRAS cloud uh, and add a value added wraparound to help them on the DR planning uh, side of it. Right. You should have a runbook. Your runbook should be active and current. It should reflect your most recent DR tests. If, if these things aren't reflected, if you don't have a DR runbook, which is basically the procedures you would go through in an actual disaster declaration, uh, when you go to declare, you're going to, you know, hit these problems that you're not foreseeing because you're not actively testing. You're not, you know, taking that learning back into your procedure set. Uh, and that's going to impact you and it may impact your business with extended downtime. Good point. And you brought up, uh, I want to touch on two things. I want to I want to play to the IT outsourcing point that I think you brought up that your pro services folks help with. But I want to go mm-hmm. back to the 
the DR side of things. So, you know, if, if I'm a partner listening to this and I'm thinking, okay, how do I, you know, where's the talk track for me to start uh, talking to my customers about it? Because sometimes they'll make an assumption of like, oh, they probably already have that. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sure they're backing it up. My, my question is, when you get into these discovery, uh, discovery discussions, and, and you ask the hard question of the customer, um, one, you know, do you have a DR or do you have a backup plan? And, and however they answer some version of yes into that, um, when you ask the second question of have you tested it and did it work, what, what do you find your what, – what percentage of the time do people say, we tested it, it worked exactly as expected, we got all the data right back up, and we got it in the time that our executive team expected it to be up? Yeah, if they're being honest, <laughs> right, um, shockingly low, right? You know, that that's one of the big challenges we have. Um, a lot of times uh, customers will uh, take a DRAS program as like a set and forget, right? It's a checkbox. Okay, I've got a DR uh, a program, right? I'm replicating over to a Flexential facility. I know my virtual machines can be spun up, right? We use, a, you know, a continuous data protection-based replication technology that easily allows them to spin up uh, their virtual machines in a sandbox while continuing to protect their environment, right? So that's what the, you know, the CDP or continuous data protection uh, piece of the technology comes in. Uh, but we have to be very proactive uh, in our customer service to encourage them to actively test. Uh, so even even folks that that have a DR strategy implemented uh, aren't really testing, uh, I think, as much and as aggressively as they should. Um, and, and so those those key you know questions that you just hit on those discovery questions is you know. Do they have a DR plan currently? Uh, is their DR plan replicating them out of a primary disaster radius, right? You still see customers that are, you know, replicating from a primary production facility over to, to a test dev facility. And those two facilities are within the same metro region, right? So if you had a significant network yeah. outage or, you know, something impacting the power grid, uh, it's going to take out both your production and, and your DR, right? Yeah. So that's not a very good, you know, uh, a very good strategy. Uh, and then when you did to, to that point, you just mentioned when you did test it, how did it go? Right? Did you were you able to recover in a time frame that you know met the business requirements uh, for the criticality of that application? Yeah, I feel like we always used to see a discrepancy of what what IT deemed acceptable as the time to recover versus what the non spoken about expectation from the executive side and the business owners was to right. be back up. So I probably you probably have to have some good conversations of getting those two on the same page. Right. And that's a great way for the advisor to to kind of get that trusted advisor status, right? By encouraging that, you know, proactive sort of tabletop conversation, bringing in, you know, a, a partner like Flexential and, and having a roundtable uh, with the customer to make sure that there's a meeting of the minds, you know, between IT and the application line of business owners and that they're on the same sheet of music, right? Because a lot of times they're not. Yeah, fair, fair point. Let's talk. Um, let's talk innovation. And let's talk how technology has changed a little bit. So I want to I want to harp. I mean, obviously, you guys have have made some tremendous acquisitions, and you guys have really grown over the last number of years since I've started in this space. I've kind of seen it here. A lot of it's hit our our backyard. But walk me through how does how does Flexential look at innovation? How does Flexential look at R and D? Right? How do you how do you maintain the technology that you have now, but also you know be looking out of what's ready and help the customers understand where they need to be going next. Sure, sure. Um, 
so I, I think some of the ways that we've been able to be in, innovative and, and disruptive uh, within our cloud portfolio uh, is we're one of the only ones in the market to offer. It's, it's sort of a first mover advantage that we have within uh, a VMware managed cloud space where we offer uh, a fully dedicated private cloud with a co-managed vCenter server. Right. Uh, and what this allows customers to do is uh, when you talk about production, and I know we can you know, take the focus uh, over to DR, but just on, on the production side for a moment, um, customers are very reluctant to move some of their core LOB type applications, you know, their oracles, their, you know, their databases. They don't want to refactor them and, and move them into a hyperscale. Right. You're going to have to learn new technology. That means new people, new processes. Right. Uh, it, just taking everything to Amazon isn't this sort of, you know, uh, blank check to make all, you know, problems within your IT organization go away. And, it, it, you know, you, that's a new uh, set of technologies that you have to learn. You got to bring those skills in. It's very hard to hire those skills in uh, right now, right, in this job market. Uh, so what we see from customers and in, in, in where we were innovative in our cloud portfolio is to say, Let's keep you in uh, you know, VMware that you're comfortable running these back office applications in, uh, and let's allow you to kind of co-manage that vCenter service. You can plug in all this third-party technology you use to manage your virtual environment today, whether that's replication for DR, right? If they uh, use Veeam, for example, and they don't want to use Zerto, uh, or the other way around, if they use Zerto and, and they don't want to use Veeam, right? You're going to have to have a high degree of API, you know, connectivity into that environment, into that center server. Uh, so we open that up, right? And, and we give all of the benefits uh, customers would expect from a private cloud uh, with a high degree of flexibility and control. Uh, so customers can really run their cloud on our premise, on our gear, just like they do uh, for their, uh, you know, their current environments today. And that helps get some of those legacy, you know, uh, virtual workloads off-prem and into a cloud environment. That's a great way uh, for, um, you know, your partners to, um, uh, to kind of tap into those last workloads that they're never, those are never going to go to Azure. Those are never going to go to AWS. And, and there's some, you know, there's some great earning opportunity uh, within that. Um, and then, you know, just on the foundational platform side, we're always developing out our network services. Um, this, you know, hit the uh, public wire. So it's, and so it's, public information, but we secured approximately $2 billion or so uh, in additional green bond funding uh, to continue to build out our data center fleet, both for our disaster recovery facilities as, as well uh, as our cloud and uh, co-location data centers. Uh, so we're adding something like, uh, you know, 30 to 50 uh, megawatts capacity uh, into the fleet uh, this year, and we'll continue to do so uh, because there's a lot of emerging trends, whether that's edge uh, you know, the, the, the hyperscalers themselves, right. You know, it, we both, I wouldn't say we compete uh, with hyperscale. We look at it as another platform to right. deliver multi-cloud. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, they're also consumers, right. Because, you know, for folks that are building data centers like Flexential, um, you know, there's more demand than capacity, right. Uh, the metaverse is <laughs> going to be consuming a lot of, oh, that'll, that'll turn us into a whole, a whole other call. Oh yeah. Then exactly. Can, exactly. So, I love it. yeah. Yeah, so so we're constantly building out the platform, constantly building out the fleet. I think kind of the next uh, you know layer of application innovation is going to be done at the edge. Uh, so so we're connecting those partnerships and, and making sure that they're on our fiber backbone, so we can take customers all the way out to the edge for IoT apps and POS apps and, and content delivery networks and, and those sorts of things that are going to be sort of the next generation of, of where customers want to go with their application environments. I love it. I, I think it's funny where. Um... You know, I joke with my kids, you know, they're now of, of 
the age of all they know is the speed of the internet that we have now and never went through all the struggles we all had to go through growing up of you know maybe setting this song on you know on napster or whatever to download overnight and hopefully nobody called and hopefully it downloaded and you know i think i think there's that that same expectation from a business side of you know okay round trip time if it was under a second it was great and now if Mm -hmm. we're talking milliseconds and microseconds as we get into some of the edge things so any any yeah. of those subtle differentiators love to see those from an innovation curve and edge push mm-hmm. for sure. Everybody's pushing that to get it as latent reduction as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And in some of those cases, you know, if you're talking like telehealth, for example, or autonomous vehicles, you're getting beyond just, you know, the application performance perspectives and getting into more kind of, you know, life and death scenarios, yeah. right. You know, uh, uh, where that latency, you know, be, you know, kind of becomes beyond just mission critical. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Um, let's, let's talk about a deal. So could you walk us through a deal that, that was brought to you? And I want to make sure we hit on a couple of points here. I want to hit on one, how, what did it look like when it was brought to you? Right. Meaning was it actually what, what it appeared to be? And then what was the customer's problem or technology that they had? And what did you end up putting in Mm -hmm. place and, and, and how did it solve things? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'll take uh, uh, through uh, one deal. Um, it includes a, a DR component. So it's, it's right in the sort of wheelhouse of what we're talking about here. But this uh, was a large manufacturer of performance uh, coatings and sealants, uh, both for commercial uh, as well as uh, industrial uh, markets. Um, like a lot of manufacturers, uh, they were very thinly staffed uh, in their IT organization. Uh, they ran a lot of uh, legacy infrastructure. They, they weren't born in the cloud, right? That's a key differentiator and something definitely to look for uh, in terms of uh, a value add uh, for Flexential, the fact that we can deliver you know, great colo as well as cloud and, and give that um, sort of connectivity uh, to co-manage uh, and interconnect with uh, our private cloud with our advanced fee center access uh, hosted private cloud. Um, but this customer, you know, their, their problem set was, you know, they wanted to be more innovative and focus more in the application space. They had a lot of legacy uh, infrastructure. Uh, they had some consolidations uh, that were forcing some data center exits, right? Uh, they needed to get out of a, a couple of data centers. Uh, so they did a, uh, you know, full-scale migration to a hosted private cloud. Uh, so we set up um, their Oracle environment on a uh, cluster um, of our advanced vCenter access hosted private cloud, right? Uh, so they had, you know, co-managed uh, vCenter server. Uh, we set up a second cluster for uh, a thousand seats of uh, virtual desktop, a VDI. They had a Citrix, a large Citrix environment. Uh, and then because we're able to deliver um, hybrid multi-cloud, uh, we recognized in working with them that their core uh, Oracle workloads were going to need that sort of always on, uh, you know, replicated uh, disaster recovery profile where they could be spun up in mere moments. So we used our Zerto powered uh, DRAS cloud uh, for that environment. Uh, but the specifics of the, the VDI environment had a much lighter weight uh, recovery footprint, right? Um, you just had a couple of golden images uh, that you were protecting. So once you replicated uh, those profiles and you did those initial profile syncs and you had your golden images up and protected, we were able to use a hyperscale environment for that. Uh, our network backbone provided connectivity uh, to all of that, right? So we took them right to the front door of those um, Azure on-ramps uh, and, and able to give that you know network services guarantee across that entire uh, landscape and, and all of those workloads. Um, but really, you know, take advantage of the platforms that made you know best sense, right? They're they're kind of core um, 
Oracle environment that you know had a very very low um, uh, downtime requires high sensitivity to downtime. We had that core DRAS product to be able to bring that back up. Uh, but then for that VDI footprint that had much more lightweight sort of requirement behind it, we could spin that up um, in uh, in a hyperscale environment. Awesome example. Love the detail. One one question that that uh, um, I want to ask. Hopefully this is a softball. Mm -hmm. uh, so that what percentage of that you know if if ultimately that opportunity was this huge MRR, this huge monthly mm -hmm. cost, mm -hmm. what percentage of that initially, you know, did, did it look like versus you guys expanded it X percent to what it actually was because you kept realizing they needed this, they needed this, they didn't think about this. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, and I think it's also a great theme uh, in that question too, which is land and expand, right? Um, there's a great way, you know, sales reps are, are, are coin operated, right? Uh, you know, there's an excellent opportunity, you know, for your audience of of, uh, of partners to to realize that these workloads uh, that we win together, right, and these opportunities uh, that we take down, they grow over time. None of it stays static, right? So whether it's Colo, whether it's Cloud, whether it's DR, these are, these things are going to grow over time. So so it started first by uh, housing their production environment, uh, and uh, that was um, this is a you know pretty significant uh, MRR deal, right? Uh, it's a six figure MRR deal. Uh, but it started about half of that, you know, three quarters of that on the production hosting side, right? It grew uh, when we won the opportunity to, to now also host their VDI instances. Uh, and then it grew even further uh, as we took them into uh, into DR, right? So over a period of, you know, 12 to 18 months as this uh, partner onboarded, brought up their original um, Oracle instances in our, our private cloud, and then their VDI instances, and then ultimately, uh, you know, implemented their DR strategy, uh, um, it just continued to grow, and it, and it grew at the benefit of the partner that helped us, uh, you know, bring that deal forward. Awesome. Love love that story. Yeah. Uh, so as we get close to the end here, maybe just some final thoughts. Uh, two, two things that I want to make sure we walk away with. One, I, I think we touched on them in the beginning a little bit of, you know, questions to ask, how to, how to step deeper into these opportunities, or just uncover mm -hmm. them within your existing uh, uh, customer base. But mm -hmm. um, final thoughts of, if a partner maybe is is in some adjacent technology area, maybe they're in security, or maybe they're in contact center, or maybe they're in the network side of things. Yeah. Uh, what what would you encourage them to say or to talk to about those contexts? And then uh, final thoughts. We're going to talk about where do you think that this technology goes for the future? Sure, sure. Uh, so I think just you know maybe sticking with the the DR side, right? I, I, I probably the single best discovery questions are you know what are they doing for DR today? Uh, have they, uh, you know, had a significant uh, interruption in in their, um, you know, that that took their critical systems down? How did it impact the business? Um, and if they do have a DR strategy in place, how uh, successfully are they testing against it? Is, is it meeting their objectives? Right. Those are great ways to uncover the pain points uh, involved with that. Uh, cyber attacks uh, are, are another great uh, you know, question and probably very adjacent to folks that are working uh, in the security environment. Right. Uh, you know, have they had an intrusion? Um, you know, what sort of uh, cybersecurity posture you know do they have? How are they protecting it? Is it just a 
the traditional kind of north-south protect the egress points, or they also have a, you know, kind of interior security strategy, you know, setting up like a, you know, security DMZ uh, to, to prevent uh, an intrusion from affecting kind of adjacent uh, systems, right? Um, you know, that's a component uh, of a DR strategy. Our DRAS cloud includes journaling in it. Um, so you can roll back to a clean system state. You can spin that clean system state up in a sandbox test to make sure uh, before you fail over or fail back, right? Uh, so those are the things to ask for from the partner side to make sure that that's accounted for, that those you know kind of tools are in place in that DR uh, toolbox. Uh, but I think those are some of the good discovery questions to ask would good. be, you know, have they had that event and, and uh, what did they learn from it? Love it. And then your final yep. final opinion on, I know it's hard, this space evolves so quick, the whole Moore's Law thing, right? Compute power yeah. is extinct in 18 months that it was invented. But uh, where do you think the cloud, the DR, you know, what are you paying attention to? What do you think being on the lookout uh, for next as this thing continues to evolve? Sure, sure. So I think if you look at the cloud journey, there, there's some great learnings uh, in it, right? You know, a lot of the collab stuff is, you know, kind of moved, right, you know, to the cloud in the in the UCAS, in CCAS, right? A lot of the productivity stuff uh, uh, has moved. Um, you know, a lot of the test dev and containers uh, has moved, right? So you may be looking at like, you know, where's the next sort of core workloads that, um, you know, I can talk to my customers about and where are they are in the cloud journey. And I think that's right in the, you know, the center of the plate for uh, what Flexential can offer uh, with our advanced fee center access hosted private cloud, right? So you can have that conversation around, you know, what are you doing for those, you know, core uh, Oracle workloads, right? Your databases, uh, things that you're not going to refactor uh, into a hyperscale environment. Are you trying to, you know, do some uh, digital transformation initiative to get out of the business of hosting that? No Nobody wants to be in the data center business anymore. So our, uh, you know, looking forward in that space, our strategy is to be, you know, VMware anywhere. You know, we want to be the foundational uh, host for your VMware environment and then allow you that single pane of glass view into wherever your virtual machines, your VMware environment and, and landscapes are running, whether it's Arc Cloud, on-premise, you know, another co-location provider, even in the hyperscale environment, right? All the hyperscale providers have now, you know, launched several years ago, actually launched, you know, um, VMware on AWS and, and VMware on uh, Azure, which I think is validation of the fact that for those core workloads, they're going to want to keep them in VMware for quite some time, right? Uh, so I think, uh, you know, that's uh, where we see that, you know, virtualization, you know, market going. VMware is going to continue to be, you know, a dominant um, market share, um, uh, holder uh, for those core back office workloads. And those are the ones that, you know, all your partners can can make significant, um, you know, earning potential off of uh, helping customers solve the challenges around those. Love it. That wraps us up. We're out of time. Uh, we covered a lot of great stuff. We talked DR, we talked strategy, we talked where you guys are at and your expertise in cloud and DR, VMware. Love what you guys are doing there. Derek, I appreciate you coming on today, my friend. Likewise, very, very much appreciated. Thank you. All right, everybody, that wraps us up. This is Derek Seiler, Channel Solutions Architect for Flexential, and I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Polaris, and this is the Next Level Biz Tech Podcast. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Next Level Biz Tech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.